<laughs> so, welcome to Crystal Myth, our first podcast on mythological creatures whip, whip. and such things. <laughs> My name is Leslie Anderson, and who are you? I am Mark Dornan. Okay, and let's <laughs> talk about myth. <laughs> right, well, let's talk about what we're going to talk about then. Like, Yeah, so I think this should be like episode zero because then next week can be yeah. episode one and we can kind of do it properly with theme tune and and iconic image. So essentially this is just our pilot episodes. Yeah. Okay. No silence, we gotta keep talking. Okay. Um so what well actually first thing, which is a weird thing to bring up once we start with recording, but have you heard from Yaz? Is she doing this? Is she going um, to be no idea? Right, for everyone's information, Yasmin is like the third person potentially uh, who might be contributing to this podcast, or she just might be the silent person who never speaks. <laughs> the person she, she could be like our human myth. <laughs> <laughs> and for Yasmin, nobody knows. Yeah, I don't know. She's not really said anything, so I guess we will. We'll ask her if she wants to take part. I don't know. She's not really said anything, so... She could be like her special guest next week and then see whether or not she enjoys being her special guest. She's just always her <laughs> special guest whenever she just pops up randomly. <laughs> right, okay, I mean, well. we're all equal amounts of trapped in the house just now, so I, I you should have time to make a podcast. It's perfect time to make a podcast. Just out of sheer boredom. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, I'm sure we'll get Yasmin at some point. She will be part of this in some sort of way. But let's get right down to it. So um, essentially what this podcast... Well, this is your idea, Mark. So why don't you tell us why you decided on mythological creatures and why I should go along with it? Um. I decided on it because I thought you and potentially Yaz would have no issue with going along with mythological creatures because I feel like we all are equally interested in myth and mythology and mm-hmm. horror and Lovecraftianism and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's kind of in part if we split those things in two, I think is what drew us together when we first became friends when we were younger. Yeah, that's true. We did start yeah. off the whole, let's, let's start a class of RE, but not for religious purposes, just so we can hang about and talk about myths and legends and stuff and make life more interesting in school. Which so. has basically turned into my job. So yeah. <laughs> that's another reason why um, I also thought, doing something to do with myths would be interesting because I do try to bring mythology in wherever possible in my job. I've got at least one unit that I teach every year that's to do with mythology. But obviously, as you know, when I was at uni, I studied as much related to mythology as I possibly could. Plus, I also went to Yazzie's um, archaeology lectures with her whenever they had a kind of vaguely myth connected vein running through them um but yeah i thought this would be a good way i thought it'd be a good way for us to make sure that we're staying in contact every week because obviously we all live quite far apart now and also it would be a good 
way just to continue to sort of research something that we're all interested in. Yeah, that's true. And there's also like modern myths that still are ongoing. Like maybe people are trying to make up their own myths, like that mad David Icke. Maybe I shouldn't mention him. I don't know. Is that libelous? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But... I don't. I mean, I think technically speaking, he is mad. Just a statement of fact. Like just now, he's he's going about claiming that. Um, the coronavirus is a result of like the one world government or some bullshit like the 5g is part of it and that yeah the royal family are lizards which i could probably i've sort of bought into a little bit just for my own amusement i did not enjoy because i appreciate that lots of people are dying of coronavirus so enjoy right words but i found it interesting that one of his proofs of that was um that no one in africa has contracted the coronavirus and they don't have 5G in Africa, even though <laughs> I think is it now of over 10,000 people in Africa died of the coronavirus alone, never mind have contracted it. So it's just an, an insane piece of non-evidence. So again, I think you're okay to call him mad if he's making claims that are based in no part of reality whatsoever. You see, that's the thing. Like, do we believe everything the media tells us, the mainstream media, or do we believe people like David Icke? Is <laughs> what he's saying just as mental or like valid as what we're being like? I don't know, pushed by the mainstream media because of all there's been like, okay, on a serious note, there's like been like a thousand deaths in like the last twenty four hours, and that's not even maybe the maximum number of people that have died but then the media are just even more concerned about how Boris Johnson's doing and yeah. making him into some sort of Jesus figure creating a myth around him about how he's probably risen on the third day of being in intensive care and it's just actually sickening. It is interesting as you say if you look at how modern myth works as well like if if you think about mythical figures who are also historical figures and how People discuss how wonderful a human being they were and then actual historians will be like, oh, but do you know X, Y and Z about them? And yeah, it's interesting to see that happen to, or with Boris Johnson, because obviously, again, I don't think this is libelous, it's just a statement of fact. He's incompetent, he's an imbecile and he's an awful human being and he didn't do anywhere near enough to prepare the country for this virus or to protect people from it. But yeah, you're right, then he contracted it, which... You know, you could argue a lot of people have contracted it and died because of his ineptitude. But yeah, now we're like, he contracted it. And as you say, he's some sort of Christ-like figure. Like, isn't it amazing that he's done all this and he's pulled through it? It's like... Yeah, and then people just forget all the evil shitty things he's done in the past. Like, like that doesn't matter anymore because he was in the ICU and we never actually saw any evidence of that. And there was a video I just saw recently of him getting wheeled out in a bed while loads of NHS staff, I don't know off their own free will, started clapping him as he was wheel pushed through. Like he was some sort of like returning hero. I just, I just, anyway. So it's like he's trying to create his own myth there. But speaking of which, right, so um, of like horrible, despicable little lizard creatures. <laughs> <laughs> To get back on topic, um, so the type of myths that we would probably be getting into are like your traditional myths and legends, like you know your sort of cryptic creatures, like maybe chupacabras or Bigfoot, you know the usual stereotype ones, vampires, fairies, 
Um, or maybe even like what you said, there was what the Ouija board. How is that into like so? Because when you said that, I was like, how is that a mythological creature? But it is a. It's not a mythological creature, but it is a myth because effectively it was. I mean, it was just a board game, and now it's got such. Like whenever, again, I always try to do a bit about myth and my job. But whenever I give, nearly always there's always a good number of kids in second and third year that when I say, oh, do you want to pick an optional unit? Or like, can we do the Ouija board? And I genuinely think I'd get fired if I did, if I brought a Ouija board into school or at least get a caution. And yeah, you're not, come on, you must be tempted to do it. I'm really well, tempted to fuck about with Ouija boards. But then my boyfriend's like, oh, no, you, you, you can't mess around with that stuff. But I'm like, but you don't believe in that stuff. But, I, but you shouldn't even mess around with it or, try it or you even because i'm like don't toy with those kind of things like i've done a ouija board before but not in school <laughs> but oh really what happened do you tell nothing of particular interest but i suppose that could kind of make you argue either way uh, we <laughs> this is very odd so one of the many card shops that i worked for when we were younger and um, one of them that i worked in I can't remember how we got onto the subject of Ouija boards, but one of the girls who was also like Saturday staff, because I'd have been, what, maybe 15, 16 at the time, um, and she'd said, oh, we should do a Ouija board in the stockroom. And the manager, who was this, in fact, I would have been about 17 because it was the second manager that worked there. Uh, she was this mad, like, woman in her early 50s. She was brilliant. And she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. So... <laughs> One night, we went to East Kilbride Town Centre after it had closed, and she let us in the fire escape of the shop that we worked in, and right. then went up to the stockroom, which was on the second floor, and kind of extended out into East Kilbride Shopping Plaza a bit, and yet yeah, conducted a seance using a Ouija board. But it was very... It seemed as though it was... What kind of Ouija board was it? Was it a, like a homemade one that you just cut out of like bits of paper and written on markers? Or was it actually like a Hasbro type Ouija board? That you no, it was the, is it the Hasbro one that's oh, man. like it's effectively like a wooden rectangle that you fold the, <laughs> the middle of it splits and folds out to make up the Ouija board. Where did you get that from? Who had it? Again, the manager had it, which is odd because she wasn't involved in the original conversation. I'm not thinking maybe she's a medical being. I've just made her up. This is like, it's almost just like she was waiting for just one day. Someone's going to ask her, can we play Ouija board? And she's like, yes, I've been, that's been sitting in my cupboard for years. Now's my chance. She worked there for a really short time as well. She was kind of an interim manager. So now in my head, even though this clearly isn't true, but I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Like the manager left and then we were talking about the Ouija board and the new manager burst out the background and was like, I shall conduct a seance. And then we did and then never saw her again. Um, right, okay, so back to your story. But yeah, nothing of note happened particularly. Like we did, in theory, if there are spirits, contact a spirit. So there was spelling out of answers, but none of it was... It wasn't like a horror film. None of it was overly interesting. I can't even remember anything it said. It was all very basic questions. Like, we were like, are you a spirit? Yes. And then we were like, ooh, like, are you stuck here because you're sad or angry? And it was like, no. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a bland ghost. But then it did live in a card stock room. So how exciting can you be? 
But do you think subconsciously you were moving the glass or the, what is it, the planchette? Or do you think, what, how did it feel at the time? Did you feel some sort of force moving your hand? Because um, I've been watching a lot of Most Haunted recently and um, it's highly entertaining to me, especially the Derek Akora episodes. Um, but they, they went through a phase of just like table tipping where they would just all sit around a table and put their fingers lightly on the table and then ask a spirit to move the table if you're there, prove your existence and all that. And then all of a sudden the table just starts sort of vibrating or moving slightly. But I don't know if there's some cheeky guy or someone there who's secretly moving the table, do you know? Because you could easily do that if I'm just putting a cynical hat in it. Yeah, but the, again, that's kind of what made me afterwards feel that it might have been real because the spirit was really bland. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. if you were going to, if you were the kind of person that was going to falsify it just to sort of freak other people and have a good story to tell, you would have made it say interesting things, whereas it was like the shittiest ghost ever. Like you wouldn't want to talk to this ghost at a party. Do you remember years ago, right, I mean, oh, we used to phone each other on the landline and there was some sort of weird voice that was talking down the phone. And oh, I yeah. It was a ghost. <laughs> it might have just been a cross line or something, but it was genuinely like talking to an electronic voice that was responding to us. Do you not remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. I completely <laughs> forgot that until you mentioned it, but... And then I became obsessed with it. Like I would always like phone you using that phone or someone else and try and listen out for the voice, and it would it would come back. <laughs> I cannot remember what it said though. It was really weird. I think like I definitely believe there's a world outside of the world we see. Okay. And yeah, I think any way of trying to contact that is quite interesting. I don't think it's necessarily, I think that's kind of what, to go back to your, what is it that makes the Ouija board an interesting myth? I think that's kind of what's interesting about it as well as the apparent danger that if you go back historically and look at beliefs about contacting spirits, it wasn't ever really seen as dangerous. It was always seen as a positive or interesting or scientific thing. Mm -hmm. And then... It board, it wasn't ever called an Ouija board. That was probably something that Hasbro just made up for yeah. purposes. It's just a spirit board. Um, it was only ever used by like one individual usually, not several people. Like it was like a um, a tool for some sort of, I don't know, white witch or whoever, spiritualist person to use as a means of, I don't know, contacting their spiritual guide or something. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right, and I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's after the satanic panic, which we should totally... Oh, the satanic panic, we should totally get into that. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a future episode, there's plenty of content there. I mean, it's, but I, I think the whole satanic panic, that again, as you say, like, modern myth, obviously Satan is not a modern myth, but the satanic panic very much built up a modern myth about, like, round about Satan, which I found really interesting, and then... I think the kind of Ouija board fear is linked into that as well. I think before the satanic panic, it wasn't really seen as anything other than either a children's game or effectively what you're talking about, like a tool for white witches. And then with the whole pedal clutch and, oh no, it's the devil. I think that's 
change the way that people perceive the Ouija board, which is weird if you think about it, that we've got horror movies and so on on it, but really a spirit board wasn't created as some sort of gateway to evil. It's just the idea of being able to communicate with things that we can't see. Or do you think it's maybe sometimes just a way of, like, say, I don't know, fundamentalist Christians or whatever, to sort of say, well, it demonised the Ouija board, to say, oh, well, you shouldn't mess about with that because it's evil and it'll bring an evil spirit, so don't don't go near it. Just, like, don't read the Harry Potter books because it's about witches and wizards and stuff, or don't listen to Black Sabbath because that's the devil. Um, things like that, where is it? it's just... Like, it's not, it depends what you believe. If it's in your head and you think, like, you've heard all this over the media from movies. I mean, I think the earliest, earliest time I've I heard about the Ouija board or in a movie was in The Exorcist, because that's potentially what triggered, um, what's her name, Regan, to get possessed, because she was talking to a guy called Captain Howdy, on <laughs> <laughs> a Ouija board herself. And then all of a sudden she's like possessed by supposedly the devil or whatever. Or was it, what was his name, Pizzazzo or something, some demon. Um, so that was like the first time. And again, like that's obviously going to be in a lot of people's minds, creating a myth that, you know, Ouija boards can get you possessed by the devil and stuff like that. Whereas in other cases, Ouija boards are just a bit of fun or um, it's just a means that people use as a tool, again, for not evil purposes, but just to find answers. I think it's interesting as well that with lots of myths, which I'm always quite into, it does link into what you're saying about, like, fundamentalist Christians. And I think as well, like, fundamentalist Islam, fundamentalist Judaism, mm-hmm. that there's most mythological kind of evil creatures that are more ancient tend to have that sort of two stories as well, which I always find really interesting. Um, whereas the they obviously had the story where they were a force for good and then one of your Abrahamic faiths arrives and is like, well, no, because there's only one God, so you can't Weird. possibly have yeah. this beautiful snake woman that grants you fertility. She must actually be evil and luring you into the woods to kill you. And and then they kind of alter the story. So there's so many mythological creatures that start off as a force for good and then the story changes to it being a force for evil just like the Ouija board when you've got that Abrahamic influence on it that it's not the one god therefore it must be bad yeah that's quite interesting and I think that might tie in with what you're saying about the Ouija board because yeah there's this idea that if you're contacting spirits from another realm well, I suppose from an Abrahamic perspective, the only other realm can be heaven or hell. Therefore, if you're contacting spirits from another realm, if it's not God, it must be a demon. Yeah, and I suppose if you're in heaven or whatever and you're with God or Jesus or whatever, they're not going to um, communicate with, you with an Ouija board. It would be through like prayer or, I don't know, what, what the equivalent would be. A burning bush. <laughs> <laughs> the hedge in your garden will burst into flames. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so okay. That's yeah. I suppose it's not going to be specifically then about mythological creatures. It is called crystal myth. So it could be any kind of myths. 
So creatures, myths, and like legend stories, um, urban myths even. Yeah. I think of that. I like the idea of yeah, you're kind of urban legends and like <laughs> a couple like of weeks ago we were still allowed to go into work. One of the girls I work with was sitting in the staff room telling everybody about how a cobra was it a cobra? No, it was a python. So her brother's best friend apparently his girlfriend had owned a python and the python slept in the bed with her. Oh, I know this like, one. Yeah, right up next to her. And she was like, and then when she took it to the vet, because he was like, oh, well, you shouldn't allow the python to sleep in your bed. And they said, well, the only reason a python lies flat next to someone is to measure them up for eating them. And all of the older women in work were like, oh, dear Lord, why would you have such a pet? And then one of the other girls I work with who's from Aberdeen was like, Mummy literally told me that about somebody else like four weeks ago and they can't possibly be the same person. So, and I like that you're like, I heard, yeah. I'm like, I've never heard that before, but yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> Again, it kind of ties into like our modern political situation as well, where I think it's interesting the amount of pish that someone will believe just because somebody else <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, what else have we got to do? We're stuck in our own, we're stuck indoors. We've got nothing else but to think about our own sort of passion myths that we want to put up on Twitter or social media. And essentially, that's all we have, like, um, to communicate or look at. Is the internet has um, it's been responsible for spreading so many myths, modern myths, urban legends, um, things like that. To the point where it's like you don't actually know what is satire and what's real, or like people don't really actually do any research. They just believe any old shit that gets thrown their way. Like I fell for a lot of crap that turns out to be bullshit. So where do you draw the line? Like Slenderman, I think, is a good example of that. Where I find it fascinating. (laughs) I fell for that. Well. And I still fear to this day because of that. I actually have an inherent fear, well, not an inherent fear, a fear of, well, it's probably irrational, a fear of really tall, slim men. I do not like being around them. But is that because of Slenderman or do you dislike Slenderman because it's a representation of tall, slim men? Possibly, but I just find that, it's giving me the creeps because it makes me think of, I don't know, there's something about a really tall... But then that's why it works, because it does maybe... What is it about really tall things with long, slender arms? Does it go back to, like, that, you know, that scene in Freddy Krueger where he's running and he's got really long arms and he's chasing Nancy in her dreams? I think it's the... I find it interesting as well how many, like, mythological creatures are basically just, like, a person but Like... (laughs) It's a person, but she has three eyes. It's a person, but he has one eye. It's a person, but they're really, really wide. They're really, really tall. They're really, really... Like, just putting that slight one unnatural edge. Like, okay, so I've told you that I'm a bit, I'm a bit of an idea and I believed in Slenderman, but I didn't know it was 
It was a made-up thing that we kids made up on this creepy pasta site. I only heard about it because, again, like I was on Facebook and one of my friends on there started saying about how you can sleep because of Slenderman. So I started looking into Slenderman and I went down a rabbit hole of like seeing pictures and about how he stalks you until he makes you mad and you can't see, well, the only person you can see him is you. And and I kept imagining him standing at the corner of my bedroom at the time. I was like, that's fucking my head. And then a years down the line, I, well, not really years, but like a few um we were later I realised that actually yeah it's just an internet monster so it was like oh well that was ridiculous but then I do <laughs> find it, I think Slenderman's a brilliant example of it like I find it really really interesting how a myth like I feel like I've actively seen the myth of Slenderman evolve because when I first went into TV yeah. there was kids that were really into deviant art and creepypasta and as I am the goth hub teacher um, goth kids like <laughs> Tell me the things they're interested in. So I had a bunch of like 15, 16 year olds being like, oh, have you heard about this Slender Man and blah, 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 blah. But it literally just started to exist. Like the guy that created the first two photos, this was maybe like two months after he'd created the first two photos. Um, and they'd said like, obviously digitally edited the photos and didn't I think they were, there was something a bit Lovecraftian about them. And I was like, oh, I love these. And to think that, to go from that to then eight years later, to have my nephew who's now nine telling me that he's having nightmares about Slender Man and had a oh and was God. like to me quite genuinely like, Have you heard of the monster Slender Man? And I was like, Oh, he's just like something a guy made up on the internet and he was like, No, he's real and was telling me all this stuff about the legend of Slender Man that loads of people obviously believe now. Whereas I was like, No, it's cool, like calm down, he's literally just like you can go back eight years and a man Yeah. And just render images of in a photo competition of basically make a creepy monster. Yeah, and if you, if you actually just, like, you can kill that myth because, again, we've got the power to research that and have rash, rational, like, minds. I can see why kids would fall for it. Like, kids would believe in it because they're children. They don't necessarily have the capacity to be more logical like an adult would be in terms of, like, figuring out that, okay, this is bullshit, clearly, and you can, like, rationalise it. Um but the thing is, back when that started, I was when I was looking into it, right, before I knew it was all made up, there was people going on like forums and stuff saying, Oh, by the way, this is real, this thing's been stalking me for all my life. And and you're like, Well, knowing now that it was just made up on the internet, that's clearly bullshit because unless it's a, like an ama- a, a amazing coincidence that people are just like making up their own myths about it and believing that, that, that it was a thing that was, maybe it was another thing that was um, like stalking them. For the That's day. exactly what I was going to say. That I think it's interesting as well that like you can have that sort of myth overlap because there are lots of myths of faceless people. And as you know, I believe that I saw a faceless person when I was like preteen. Um and I think that's interesting. Sorry? Was that a shadow person? No, like, uh, I've definitely told you about this. When I was at primary school and me and, we'll just say one of the girls I went to primary with, um, both at separate times saw, well, a woman with, she had no face, which I've since researched, and I'd quite like to do an episode on that as well. But there's this whole, I find it quite interesting as well because it's a whole, Asian mythology, but one of the countries it centres around is Indonesia, and my granddad's mum is Indonesian, so I'm like, weird link. 
But yeah, so I mean, I I saw again. I'd like to do a full episode on this, but I definitely saw a woman who appeared out of nowhere and did not have a face, in the same way that Slenderman doesn't have a face. So I wonder as well if there's an overlap between this old myth of faceless people and maybe there's something in that, and maybe people who are saying, "Well, I've been seeing Slenderman for years," have been seeing some sort of faceless being for years, but it's not Slenderman. Yeah, Slenderman's just like a modern take on all these different little snippets of other mythological creatures that they've just, you know, what's a scary thing that I can put on the internet to scare kids? I know, a big, tall, creepy thing with no face and tentacles that stalks children. I suppose as well, if, if there is a faceless being and it exists in the woods in America and it dresses all in black... And everybody starts calling it Slenderman. Does that not then make it Slenderman? Like if we all started calling Bigfoot Judy, well, would she not be called Judy? That's another sort of legend or myth that I was thinking of, a tulpa. So it's something that you, if you watch Twin Peaks, there's loads of tulpas in that. So it's something that you think about, that you've created and made into being. Ooh. A tulpa. Look into that, that's really interesting. So he could be a sort of tulpa if there's like loads of people all around the world that believe in this slender man, they could potentially create it in reality as a tulpa. Which I suppose would make a good say would make sense as though it's scientific fact that some ghosts are of course psychic energy. But <laughs> I do believe that some ghosts are psychic energy. So I suppose that would make sense that like if something so traumatic could happen to you that you could be like or a part of you could be recorded there in that spot, then why could there not be something that's so terrifying in the collective consciousness that it then, in a way, comes into existence? Yeah, because, like, going back to, like, this current situation with the coronavirus, like, I was aware of it and everything about, like, back in, I don't know, like, January, was that when it all started in Wuhan, when it came out in the news about it? And you just think, oh, well, that doesn't really apply to me. That's not, you know, it's just far away. Um, and then you need to really think about it, just go on with your life. But then when it started, like, people started panic buying, going to the, like, buying all the milk and everything. Like, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe people were like that would, would do that here. And then when I went to the shops and I saw it for real, I was just like, this doesn't, this, this isn't right. This doesn't feel like I'm living in reality. And it just, like, because you can't see it. This virus, obviously it's a virus, it's that small, you can't see it, but it's not really affecting me or any of my immediate family, nobody's got it. So again, because I can't see anything, it's a bit, is it like, does it exist if you can't see it? Kind of thing. I know that sounds crazy, but... But then I get what you mean, because if we don't experience something, like by human nature, if we don't experience something ourselves, it's then not real. Mm. And I suppose that's interesting as well because you get people that have never experienced something supernatural or otherworldly. Yeah. And then if you just... then talk to them on a social basis about something supernatural you've experienced, they just automatically assume that you're lying or you're mad. Yeah. But... Because with me, I'm all about if I can't see it and I can't feel it or touch it or whatever, then it's not it's not real like I know you can't see air but I know it's there because I can breathe it in and stuff like that but <laughs> the thing about a ghost is 
until I actually see something with my own eyes or experience something that I know I can't explain, then until then, I'm still going to be really sceptical about it. But myths don't necessarily have to be real. That's why they're called myths. Yeah, I think I find myth, I just find myths generally fascinating anyway. I find the way people's brains work really interesting and I find the way like as this is Easter weekend like Eostra would be a perfect example of that like I I love that sorry no I'm just agreeing with you yeah no I love that whole idea that that yeah something can again exist in the collective consciousness and then can change into something entirely different like the fact that well, this weekend nobody's celebrating anything, so we can't go outside. But that traditionally we should have been celebrating this curvaceous, gigantic goddess that's basically <laughs> mother nature and is can turn into a rabbit. And yeah, but you think the Cabri's, the Cabri's, remember the Cabri's rabbit? who was quite sexy looking. Yeah. <laughs> she is basically Yostra. Yeah, exactly. A chocolate form. Um, but then I, just before we did this podcast, um, I switched on like BBC Two and there was um, a movie on called Great Story Ever Told, which is a bit, um, you know, it's a bit <laughs> ridiculous because <laughs> I don't think it is. But you know what? Do you know what that film is? It's about no. Me. In the Bible, the story of Jesus, the greatest story ever told. That's what it was called. Um, and it had Charlton Heston is, of course, it would have to have Charlton Heston in it as John the Baptist and Max von Sydow um, is playing, well, Ming the Merciless, basically, is playing <laughs> Jesus. I really thought you were going to say just, he is playing Ming the Merciless. Like, <laughs> it's a Flash Gordon spin-off film. That'd be amazing. Like the merciless is Jesus. <laughs> like he is the Jesus of the the Flash Gordon universe, and Flash Gordon is the bad guy. I would quite like to do an episode on Jesus as well, though, because I do obviously. Do I, do I offend those Christians? But I find it really interesting that, like, from having studied Jesus for four years, exciting times, but. I found it really, really interesting because originally when I went to uni, I didn't want to take any Christianity courses because I was like, stuff about that. But the university kind of makes it unavoidable. So I took all of the weirdest Christianity courses I could find. And yeah, I find it really interesting that I think that Jesus probably was an actual historical figure. I think there's enough evidence to say that. But all of the things that are attached to him that Christians take to be factual that are just again that sort of carryover myth like basically he is just in fact he's not even a combination of a bunch of other gods he's a combination of a couple of other gods and a whole heap of other goddesses which I think is really interesting that and it's not like the stories have changed that much it's just a a slight tweaking or just an insertion of the name Jesus take Ming the Merciless out put Jesus in But I've like, um, I only know really the basics about Jesus. I don't really know probably as much as, as you have put research in it. Like that film, the bit that I did see is he was hanging about with all these, you know, these guys and the one woman. And they, they were all just wearing like, I don't know, 
some Hollywood movie, so he's wearing like what looks like burlap sacks or something and sandals, and then he's just going about. And there was like it was like the life of Brian. It was honestly like that. It was like crowds of people just going, "Jesus, show us a miracle, make make me see again. I'm sick, make me well, cure me, and all this." And they were all surrounding him, and then he just sort of walks off like he's Justin Bieber and heads off towards like a boat and just stands there looking off into the distance while everyone's going, "What are you?" and all this. And I was just like, "That's just. I mean, if that actually did happen back then." I mean, no wonder the local government or the king would be like, okay, this guy, um, he needs to be put down because he's causing too much trouble about (laughs) proclaiming he's a king and stuff. Like, what? I mean, yeah, I'm sure Boris Johnson would gladly crucify all the socialists. (laughs) (laughs) If he could get away with it, he'd jolly nail everyone to crucifixes. But then I do think that's what it is. Basically, the actual story of Jesus is there was this guy, he was a socialist, he told some people about it, some people thought it was cool, and then over time people have been like, and also, he's basically Horus and the goddess Inanna and Hercules, and like we're just going to take massive chunks of other mythological stories and be like, and also that, but for Jesus. But then they were t- he was talking about the prophecy, the prophecy has come true and all this, and like... Because then, I guess in the Jewish religion, the Messiah is like a prophet that would, that would come down to earth. But then when he actually, he claimed that, I don't know if he claimed he was the Messiah or people just assumed that he was, did they fit that myth around this guy because he had these sort of points of views or he happened to maybe hint that he was? I don't know what point did they actually believe that he was this prophet? I think it would be fairly accurate to say again because there's quite a lot of research into it that maybe about like 60 to 90 years after Jesus died people who didn't know him then decided that Jesus had said that he was the Messiah but I don't think there's any historical evidence to suggest that Jesus actually did ever say he was the Messiah. So is it just people turning something simple into a big exaggeration and then it just gets more and more preposterous and more outlandish like you know he walked on water and he and he took like fishes and loaves and turned them and fed thousands of people because i really don't think that actually happened but it's just something that people built up around this this guy because they obviously didn't have like camera phones back then (laughs) (laughs) i think it's probably a combination of massive exaggeration and stealing so like you've got like jesus yeah, Jesus fed everyone with the loaves and fishes, and I think that's probably come from, like, Jesus fed the homeless, so then they're like, ah, but he didn't just feed the homeless. Do you know what he did? And, it's like, <laughs> and then you've also got the whole, like, this is my body, this is my blood. I'm just going to go food-based because I like food. Um, this is my body, this is my blood, which, again, if you look into the historical evidence, that was just lifted from another cult that existed in the Roman Empire after Jesus died. Okay, that's interesting. So I thought it was just Jesus... made up so they could have some sort of ritual. I don't know. I mean, no, they, I, I think it was to add a ritualistic element to worship because that draws people in, but they did just sort of lift it from another religious group well, that was the cult of Mithras, and they had that idea, and I think basically early Christians were like, yeah, and do you know that before Jesus died at the Last Supper, he said, this is my body, this is my blood. And then other people would be like, 
no, no, I, I think that's the story of Mithras. And they'd be like, no, false god, false god. So again, they're mixing all their myths into one to fit their modern kind of, well, in those days, modern narrative to yeah. sort of justify why he's this, like, mythical, not mythical, but, like, godlike guy when he's just a guy with radical ideas, which is... I don't know what the modern equivalent of that would be today. Would would that ever happen, or is it just like who 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 would that be? Like, would you think of like these people who claim their gurus and things like that? But then it wouldn't. I don't. I don't think you know. There's cults, but I don't think they've ever got to the point where it started a huge big religion like that. At least you get Scientology, but I don't think that's really irrelevant. But then even thinking of that, I'm like, well, most cults that I can think of now, like Scientology, will L. Ron Hubbard actively set out to start a cult, whereas Jesus, it seems, didn't. It was after he was dead, people formed a cult round about his memory. So I think that's kind of a intri- I don't know if that would... I don't know if that would ever happen now that someone would die and... Become... Even then, people don't really think of L. Ron Hubbard when they think about Scientology. They think about Tom Cruise and they think yeah. about Dave Miscavige, people like them, um, and they've turned them into sort of deem like demo- like because they're you can't really don't know what what's going on with David Miscavige. There's something sinister about him. Like apparently, supposedly murdered his wife or made her disappear. Nobody's seen her, but like there's a lot of mystery about it. Like they're very very. They don't, it's almost, I don't know, they don't, they want to spread the word, but they don't. Yeah, it's, I I, I mean, he's weird. Tom Cruise is weird. They both look dead behind the eyes. It's (laughs) strange. And then Tom Cruise just looks like he's going to cry all the time. You need to watch Tom Cruise will see your ass for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get a t-shirt that says Tom Cruise is dead behind the eyes on it. (laughs) I mean, again, it's just a statement of fact. He has dead behind the eyes. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we're we're sort of like um, getting way off on a tangent here. Um, but yeah, should we sort of plan out roughly if we want like there to be segments for next time, and we can sort of do a segment each because we do like a tangent, and otherwise we'll go off on a million and one tangents. No, I think we should just stick to one subject and then each have our own opinion on it. And that's, that's I think that's where we're going to go with this. So um, my idea for next week, I think we should still go with the vampires thing. Because okay. I really want to talk about, about that in depth, because that's a topic that I'm more familiar with. And I'd quite like to get into it. Because, again, there's like, there's there's sort of, links with vampires in terms of like disease and viruses I suppose in a way because if you're bitten by one you become the thing it yeah. takes over you you're its host or there's all kinds of different myths around them so I think we should we should go with that I'm good with that as you know I'm a big fan of the vampires yeah, and not just like, you know, your stereotypical vampires like we discussed um, earlier um, outside this podcast, like there's psychic vampires and things like that, um, or even if you talk about like vampire bats. 
I'm just thinking about the rant that I had to you about psychic vampires that I definitely shouldn't have recorded because they have I'll be up in court with that girl being like, uh, I'm not a psychic vampire. Well, everyone in the court slowly dies. <laughs> everyone has a psychic vampire in their life, whether they want to call it that or not. That's what it is. There's someone who always drains the life out of you. <sighs> right, okay. Can we maybe do vampires next weekend and psychic vampires the weekend afterwards because i feel like that's yeah we could and then from that point on we can just kind of take turns about assigning each other what we're going to look at yeah okay cool so we're coming up to about 45 minutes now so i think that'll do is um just a wee a wee natter about our podcast and what kind of stuff we're gonna talk about basically and that's that Yep, and next week we will have a theme tune and some art yeah. and all those, those. I don't know what the other things are that all those things would include. Yeah, and all we'll those things. things. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll maybe get um, the myth that is Jasmine on at some point. <laughs> yep, is she real? Is she imaginary? Is she a vampire? Who knows? Is she Jesus? <laughs> Okay, right. Well, let's wrap it up then. So you, um, I will see, well, I will see you. I'll talk to you for next time. And yeah, that's it. Indeed. Happy Crystal Mess. Wow. <laughs> happy <laughs> Crystal Mess. Happy, happy First Crystal Mess, everyone. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>